This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga. How about a garden tour? Mount Park. Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hello and welcome to Savior Protection of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about the food of Doctor Who. Yes. Which several of you have requested and has been a long time coming. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> long time request. Uh, and actually, okay, so we had like vaguely planned to do this episode Gosh, what, like a year ago? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh, man, I just don't know if this is like a cohesive episode. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, last week, I was like, let's do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if you had like media osmosis, because I feel like there's been a lot of Doctor Who news lately. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, well. <laughs> well, here we are. Yeah. A year later. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to finally move it. As you know, I love organization, Lauren. So we will finally be able to move this outline from our main page into our archive page, which is exciting. Uh, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> we all have reasons to be excited today. Look, That's great. I, I, I'm easily excited about organization. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually I have, I feel like this one's going to be front loaded with a lot of, we have our like personal takes at the beginning of these. And I got a lot of things about Doctor Who. Okay. 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 Here we go. Okay. So <laughs> I think I have been very, very open on, <laughs> have I? I think I have. I'm afraid of aliens. I was afraid of aliens when I was a kid. Thanks mm-hmm. to a very, very effective prank my older brother played on me. I couldn't watch the movie Aliens until I got Alien and Aliens <laughs> until I got to high school. No, not even high school, college. Um, but my my BFF, Katie, who I've mentioned on here before, she loved Doctor Who. And every time I would go to her house, we'd be trying to fall asleep. And she was somebody who liked to have something on in the background when she would sleep. Sure. She uh-huh. put on Doctor Who. Oh, And I no. would lay awake terrified. Terrified, Lauren. <laughs> like, just watching in horror as these. You, you probably could have told her. No. no. I couldn't admit I was afraid of the Daleks. I couldn't. <laughs> um, but it, it was, 
my early experience with Doctor Who was one of fear. Um, <laughs> this this is actually like a relatively common thing because um, although, or I guess because Doctor Who is like ostensibly a show aimed at children, mm-hmm. um, but also incorporates very frequently elements of suspense and horror, uh, th- there's like, there's there's a phrase in the UK uh, behind the sofa that is specifically linked to Doctor Who. It, it it's um it indicates that like you're sort of watching something from behind the sofa, like like you're oh, like you're ducking yeah. behind for the scary parts, and then like kind of, but still being in the room for the rest yeah. of it. Um, it's specifically linked to Doctor Who, um, because so many people there grew up with. This terror, partially of Daleks, which are scary. <laughs> yes. One that voice favorite. is very upsetting. One of my very favorite episodes is when they're like, oh, we're going up the stairs. They'll never get us. And then it starts levitating. Elevate. Elevate. For yeah. people who don't know, have never yeah. seen it, it's hard to explain. But basically, <laughs> it's like a trash can droid that kills everything. And yeah. It looks like it can't go upstairs, but it can. It can well, fly. In the old series, that was like one of the in jokes. Like, how do you defeat a Dalek? Just go up some stairs because right. it's on rollers, like it clearly can't. <laughs> and so like very early in the in the um uh not reboot but but new new series that started. Yeah, they were like, oh aha. Uh-huh. They're like rafters. They figured out how to open doors. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, yeah, I was really scared of it, and I don't think I watched it. I binge-watched it when Matt Smith's seasons were out. Okay. So I watched all of them up until him, and then I've seen most of of the Cap- Of the new stuff or the old stuff? The new stuff. Okay. The movies I have seen, but I've blocked out um, because <laughs> I saw them as a child. Okay. Uh, but I have seen them. <laughs> And I, I have my friends' very strong opinions about who the best doctor is from those. Oh. So I can recite those, but they're her opinions and not mine. Okay. Um, but I watched them all. <laughs> I have watched most of the new stuff. Uh, I did watch it in a block. And I have a lot of friends who are really, really big into Doctor Who. I have a friend who has, like, the electronic screwdriver. Sonic screwdriver. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. You and I went to oh, the Waypoint in Brooklyn. And they had yeah. a TARDIS. Yeah. Yes. That was cool. Um, the way station. The way station. Yes. Um, and I do have a funny story where I have seen a couple of the actors at um, Dragon Con sure. speak about a Doctor Who. And one time, if you haven't been to Dragon Con or heard about Dragon Con, one of the kind of jokes complaints is the elevator situation is terrible uh-huh, the elevator uh-huh. takes forever to yeah because there's so many people this is a large fan convention that happens here in downtown atlanta and there are too many people and yeah they, they're not using the elevators properly <laughs> no and in fact like one of the like idioms is you have to you go down to go up because uh-huh. You can't get in otherwise. But anyway, one time I was in the Marriott, which is one of the busiest ones, waiting for an elevator. And the door is open and out rolls a Dalek (laughs) with no person that I can see. Uh, Just rolls out. Independent Dalek. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Moves on. And it's it's stuck with me for so long. Yeah. I have to think it was somebody on the floor below that was just like messing with me or with everybody. I don't know. But whoa. Um I mean and also. You don't know? I don't know. I don't I don't know. It was pretty cool. It was a good Dalek. Um hmm. but also I recently I won't say who, but one of my best friends recently revealed to me she's only written one fan letter in her life, and it was to David Tennant about Dr. That's that's actually really sweet. It is. It is. I won't betray your confidence, but I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Aww. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, I have not written any fan letters um <laughs> to anyone involved with Doctor Who. Uh, I I do have like very vague memories of watching some of the classic episodes with my parents when I was really young. Um. But yeah, I, I got pretty into the the new series when um when they started coming out. 
uh, starting with the the Christopher um, Eccleston um, bit. And yeah, yeah, I, I dropped off at some point, but um, but I watched a bunch, like a like a good smattering across the years um, in preparation for doing this episode. And I'm like, oh, I do like this. This is just nice. It's just so nice. It and is. horrific. And horrific. I was about to say, <laughs> in our D&D campaign, not once but twice, I have used the Weeping Angels uh, as, a, as a villain. <laughs> we, okay, y'all listeners, I, I need to relay this to you because it was so funny. Because the us, the players, were uh-huh. so upset about these Weeping Angel-esque statues possibly attacking us that we refused to touch them. We could have gotten through the puzzle that they that they were part of in like four seconds <laughs> yep. if we had just touched them. But all of us were like, nah, dude. <laughs> it was hilarious. I have seen Blink and I refuse. And so like <laughs> it we 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 wound up working out the puzzle like in a very roundabout way. But at any yeah. rate, at any rate. Yeah, that's how scary they are. I mean, it was hilarious to me. I was trying so hard not to lose it because <laughs> <laughs> no one even tried to push them, which is all you had to do. Was not um, going to touch it. No, you weren't. And then I was frantically like, oh, my God, what if they actually have to fight these things? <laughs> I think they might die. <laughs> I wasn't anticipating this. Uh, but that's, you knew, they're scary. They're scary. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I also do want to note, like, right here at the top, that, um, like, over the course of the, you know, 60 years that this franchise has existed, um, there has been a lot of lore written and rewritten, and this episode is not comprehensive, all right? Like, we're, we're, we're just here to, like, to, like, discuss and have fun, so. yeah. Yeah, so please don't come at us. Um, if you have something to add, oh my goodness, do. Yes, because there is a lot. There's oh, a lot goodness. going on. <laughs> oh, there's oh, there's too much. There's too too much, but in a in a nice way. But I suppose this. I mean, if anyone out there is very confused right now, this probably brings us to our question. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> um, okay. Foods of Doctor Who. What are they? <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Uh, well, uh, Doctor Who is a science fiction fantasy media franchise, again, ostensibly aimed at children, uh, that began with a television show produced in the UK, which originally started airing in 1963. Um, It ran for 26 consecutive seasons until it was canceled in 1989. But then, after a long period of regeneration, you might say, (laughs) um, was revived in 2005 and has gone another 13 pretty consecutive seasons with no sign of stopping. Um, All the while, there have been tie-in films and spin-off series and TV specials and audio dramas and books and comics and games and stage shows. So many things. It is a it is a genuine phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and part of its longevity is this, I would say, like very British sensibility about the creative team not being beholden to stay with the property forever. And any given creative team having the ability to play with the show's format and feel, like like individual episodes, might be horror, or they might be drama, or dark comedy, or suspense, and they might incorporate a range of effects, um, uh, makeup, or costumes, or puppets, or animations, or digital effects to get the job done. There have been so many changeovers over the years of production staff and performers. It is written into the franchise's storyline. Yes. So, uh, Doctor Who is a set of stories about humanity, uh, like everything it means to be human, the, the good and the bad and the weird, told through the adventures of an alien. The alien in question is from this advanced civilization called the Time Lords, almost certainly because they have like more or less harnessed the technology and the mental capacity to travel through space-time at will. 
um, using these vehicles called TARDISes, uh, which stands for uh, for time and relative dimension in space. Um, and the Time Lords sometimes go, instead of by like a proper name, uh, by sort of like wishful aliases. Um, and our main character is known mostly just as the Doctor. The Doctor likes helping people and has a particular penchant for helping humans. Uh, although Time Lords appear human on the surface, convenient for a television show made by humans, yes, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they do have a number of biological differences, um, including uh, the ability to regenerate in a different body if their current one gets too injured. So like, flash bang, you can replace the lead actor in the series whenever you like. Um, Mm -hmm. This plot point apparently came about due to the uh, flagging health of the first actor to play the role, uh, William Hartnell, in 1966. And it's been played by over a dozen actors over the years, each with their individual take on the character um, and also like individual conceptualization from the rest of the creative team. But the general concept here is that the Doctor is, is a sort of intellectual warrior for the forces of good, like a like a protector of the common man, um, you know, stands for for freedom, beauty, truth and love and whimsy. Mm -hmm. um, the character tends to be like a like a eccentric professor kind of trope. Um, it turns a uh, stern and zany. The doctor often travels with a human or occasionally um, other alien companion um, who tends to be like a sort of audience stand-in to make an excuse for the Doctor and other characters to explain what the heck is going on. Um, because what the heck is going on is frequently anywhere from fantastical to bizarre to completely bonkers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, like the storylines hop around all of time and space. Um, visiting all kinds of worlds, uh, past and present and future. And the companions often kind of like ground the doctor from going completely mad scientist. Or not like mad scientist, like mad science wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's one of the things that always stuck out to me is there's always moments with every one of them where you're like, you okay, dude? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like you're like having a breakdown and are kind of like up here. And I'm gesturing and, very high. And yeah. Looking down and like maybe in order. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in order to not like destroy the universe, you should be. Yeah. Not up there. Yeah. That is another. I don't know if anyone ever picked up on this in our previous D&D campaign, Lauren. But I had a plot point about the. Um, <laughs> The Four Knocks, uh, which is David Tennant's doctor. He was the 10th doctor. He was hearing these four knocks. Um, oh, and it was uh -huh. like foretelling his regeneration. And it just became something like I would dream about these damn four knocks. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but he like kind of went off the rails because he knew it was coming. So there's sort of that element of them that is very, most of the time they're very nice and kind. But there's that element of danger. Uh, oh, can, always. They're so powerful and like, it's like a thread is just yeah. <laughs> attaching them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and the doctor likes humanity, but mm. is not human. No. Um, mm -hmm. and, and their like motivations are not always focused, are not always laser focused on like saving the specific life of a specific human. <laughs> which can be very traumatizing for that specific human. Okay, um, we are ostensibly a food show. Um, mm -hmm. And frequently in sci-fi and fantasy, food is also grounding, like a, like a point of reference for the audience. And I feel like, contrary-wise, most of the time on Doctor Who, food and drink are used to actually highlight the differences between like our earthly lives and whatever's going on on screen, like to really focus the absurdity um, and sometimes the social commentary that's being played out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just for one very strange example, uh, one one of the 
one of the things I watched yesterday um, are the 1989 episodes, The Happiness Patrol. Uh, this is from like right before the show got canceled when it was very camp, um, meaning uh, uh, very like like over the top and wacky. Um, uh, one of the Sylvester McCoy doctor storylines. And in in this three-parter, one of the villains is this robot that is made out of confections called the Candyman with a K. No, I'm already out. Oh. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm frightened. <laughs> it's, it is so bonkers. It's so like, well, okay. So, so the, the idea behind the Candyman um, is that there's this government that's like forcing its society to be performatively happy. And so, of course, one of its enforcers is just out there, like, aggressively making candy. Because what, you know, like, like there's nothing more, like, surface pleasurable, but also, like, practically useless than candy. <laughs> Terrifying, I say. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's I mean, like it's it's a whole thematic thing. Like, I mean, like like this guy like drowns people in jam. Um, oh, it's, my gosh. It's weird. It's very it's very. <laughs> no wonder I blocked this out. Yeah, I I was on to something. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but OK, so like so like you have that as like one very strange, extreme example. But in contrast, like like. The most like mundane human moments on the show are often accompanied by sandwiches or Christmas dinners or cups of tea. Um, and these kind of like quiet moments are often interrupted by adventure. Um, uh, I've read that one of the companions in the newest series volunteers at a, at a food bank in Liverpool, and that's just nice. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what about the nutrition? Don't eat media franchises. Again, I think there's an episode <laughs> where there's somebody in <laughs> Doctor Who who, like, eats, feeds on... I mean, there's feeds on fear, for sure. Sure, um, sure. And so um, that would be me. They could have a feast. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's lots of commentary about the BBC. Um, yeah, there is. In there at various times. Wasn't wasn't there an episode with Simon Pegg as the guest star with anyway? Um, at any yeah. rate. Yeah, uh, de- definitely. Um, so there th- that's a separate podcast, but there's something to be said there. We do have some numbers for you. We do. Um, uh, so the show was very successful very soon after its premiere. Um, the first episodes featuring the Daleks, for example, w- which were quite soon, um, got 12 million viewers tuning in. Um, that was in 1964. Uh, like, the show was in black and white at the time. Like, the BBC wasn't even routinely archiving its tapes. Like, nearly 100 episodes from that era are lost. Um, but it was popular enough that it went to affiliates around the world by 1965 and then entered a syndication in the United States in the early 1970s. Wow. Uh, skipping ahead a little, as of 2013, um, which was the 50th anniversary of the show, Doctor Who was the sixth most valuable television brand in the United States. Um, like, pre-sales for, for theater screenings of the anniversary special numbered over 175,000 here in the States. Um, and that episode had about 3.6 million viewers um, here and like 10.2 million in the UK, which was a third of the audience watching television that day. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, around the world, that episode was simulcast in 75 countries. That was a oh. good episode. I liked it. It was. Oh, it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> At that time, BBC Worldwide was selling an average of a thousand sonic screwdrivers a day. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
a sonic screwdriver, if you don't, if, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, um, is this tool that the doctor, like, I think has invented and uses um, uh, sort of sort of uh, playing into that into that uh, uh, eccentric professor stereotype. Um, uh, it's it's nice because like it's a tool, not a weapon. And that's a frequent yeah. trip on the show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is one episode if you haven't seen this show, it is complicated to describe. And I hope that we are explaining things well enough because I know for me, I, I, I'm familiar with it. So I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> the 10th Doctor and the Sonic Screwdriver. And thank you for coming in and trying to like, yeah. like, wait a minute. Annie. I don't know. Like, everyone uh, knows. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I swear, y'all, these, these fictional food episodes take me solidly twice as long as anything else on this show to write about because it can be... It can be like deep physics. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I got this. And I'm like, try to explain Doctor Who. And I'm like, I do not got this. (laughs) (laughs) It's tricky. (laughs) (laughs) Very tricky. Oh, um, at any rate, uh, more more numbers, numbers ish for you. Or, Or I guess I guess cultural points. Uh, Yes, there are a handful of Doctor Who-themed restaurants and dishes. Uh, The Way Station in Brooklyn, which we mentioned, the Pandorica in New York, the TARDIS Room in Portland, and Doctor Who Donut Day at the Donut Hole in Wichita, Kansas. Sounds cool to me. (laughs) Yes, um, there is the Doctor Who cookbook by Gary Downey, which was published in 1985. Uh, And Downey was a production manager on the series at the time um, and a partner to one of the producers. And so the book includes all of these recipes and photos from cast and crew members. Um, Recipes run along the line of like punny names for familiar earth dishes like um, Time Lady Tzatziki and uh, Castro Valvin kebabs and uh, Kipper of Tracken. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, there's a storm happening right now. And right when Lauren did that, she did like a fist motion and a huge pile of thunder of- <laughs> just rang out if you heard it in the audio. <laughs> Kipper of Draken. Ba-boom. <laughs> Feels yeah. appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. All, yeah. So sorry if the recording on this one is a little bit wonky or if you hear thunder in the background. We didn't <laughs> add that. That's just nature chiming in. The Doctor Who is very serious sometimes. It is. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one of the other recipes in this book um, was uh, uh, contributed by longtime production member uh, Barry Letts, who... <laughs> The, the recipe is unnamed, um, but the dish is apparently from Venus, and it includes ingredients like blim tree worms and uh, grated snadge. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I don't know what grated snadge is. <laughs> I The word is fun to say. Yeah, um, right? And I like the creativity. It's sort of a, like, choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> recipe. <laughs> Which I enjoy. Yeah. Oh, I I hope that there are Doctor Who-themed choose-your-own-adventure books. That would only be appropriate. Definitely. But terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> You're so just baseline frightened. I know. I <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Oh, heck. Um, uh, Well, there's also um, uh, an unauthorized uh, cookbook called Dining with the Doctor, an unauthorized Whovian cookbook. Um, That one, the the author is uh, one Chris Rachel Osland, um, originally published in 2012 and then regenerated on Kickstarter, the second edition, uh, in 2017. I am not the only one who makes that pun. That that one was directly (laughs) from from them. Um, uh, uh, the recipes in that one are lots of like visually thematic recipes, like stacks of stuff that kind of look like a Dalek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like <laughs> oud shaped cookies, the things that are colored TARDIS blue. Oh, I remember the ouds. I remember the ouds. So I'm interested in these oud cookies. <laughs> they're they're kind of cute. They they just yeah. have they just have little little dangly yeah. bits. Yeah, 
Yeah. I love this. I love for people who, again, who haven't seen this show and you're like, what are you talking about? Well, you have to watch it. You know? Yeah, yeah. You you just you have to dive right in with the yep. very upsetting Ood episodes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <laughs> then you can email us and I can relate. We can be like, yes, I know it traumatized <laughs> me too. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, and there's also the official cookbook, 40 Wibbly Wobbly Timey Wimey, by <laughs> Joanna Farrow, with recipes like cookie canine, oud head bread, and a pizza Cassandra. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that one was published in 2016. And uh, and these recipes are a sort of mix of, like, visually thematic and, like, punny show references, including, yes, um, a flatbread Pizza Cassandra, um, Cassandra being the last human um, who is just kind of a big sheet of skin. Um, <laughs> and uh, and of course, of course, uh, uh, fish fingers and custard. Of course, which we are going to talk about when we dive into some more specific examples. We are. But first, we are going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And like a lot of our fictional food episodes, since this does exist, this property does exist in our, quote, real world, or at least a parallel version to it, a lot of the Mm -hmm. foods featured in the show do exist in our real world, even though there are so many alien planets. And like you said, Lauren, there are plenty of examples of things that don't exist in our world, but you kind of are like, oh, I get what you're doing. We have a counterpart to that in our real world. (laughs) And the show does spend a lot of time on Earth. Again, convenient for a show produced on Earth. Um, It is sort of unclear whether Time Lords actually need to eat food. 
Um, but their human companions certainly do. Um, and the doctor often eats a little bit of like whatever anybody else is eating, um, though often has strong and hilarious preferences, um, which we enjoy. Uh, <laughs> and those preferences may change from incarnation to incarnation. Um, you know, some enjoy wine or coffee. Others hate those things. Um, some prefer vegetarian diets. Others really love sausages or bacon, um, that, that sort of thing. Um, oh, and point of clarity here, uh, each individual incarnation of the Doctor, played by a different actor, is referred to in fandom by number, like in chronological order of when they were on the show, with a couple of exceptions. But so, right, right. Like, uh, like right, David Tennant is 10. And right. so it becomes like shorthand for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. At any rate, yes. Um, being that this is a British show, and like specifically a British show that leans really hard into this kind of uh, mid-20th century nostalgia about what Englishness or, or Britishness are, um, a lot of the food references are very British. Mm -hmm. um, tea is a thing. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> One of the first food things featured on the show popped up during the time of the third doctor who enjoyed a Bombay sapphire gin with lime. So that's pretty British. Mm -hmm. um, nine and ten liked fish and chips. Mm -hmm. Though nine, uh, having come back to Earth just after this like very traumatizing war event, yeah, um, sort of like denigrates humans for just kind of like sitting around eating beans and toast. Like, what are you guys going <laughs> to do to help me save the world? Like, you're just over at the pub eating fish and chips. He's yeah. going through a lot at the time. It's, you know. He was. Cranky. Very. <laughs> yes. Yes, oh yes. Um, <laughs> one of the doctor's first food loves was jelly babies. Um, jelly babies, yeah. Yeah. So the second doctor enjoyed them, but it was the fourth one that really hammered home the love the doctor had for them. Uh, he would share them with pretty much anyone, enemy or not. He also used them as a threat, uh, the deadly jelly baby. And he offered them to Spock from Star Trek in a crossover <laughs> event. How have I not seen that? <laughs> right? Oh, no. That sounds really terrible, but cool. <laughs> oh, I'm into that. Spock was one of my yeah. first crushes. Um, Ooh. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, a note about <laughs> Jelly Babies. The real world history is, that's a separate episode. Um, sure. But originally, these were called Peace Babies, and they were invented around World War I, and they were this English suite that was shaped like a human child. Mm -hmm. um, they were gelatin-based and came in a variety of colors and flavors, including chocolate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where the U.S. went, like, globby bear-shaped for our gummies, the English went, like, globby baby-shaped. But very, very similar to, to, to a gummy bear situation. Yeah. According to the Eighth Doctor, uh, these jelly babies helped him concentrate. And here's a quote. The tensile strength of a jelly baby offers the perfect resistance. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> uh, bananas. Uh, bananas are a recurring food item enjoyed by the Doctor through much of the show. First introduced by the Sixth Doctor, who's played by Colin Baker, who is my BFF Katie's favorite Doctor. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, The Ninth Doctor switched out the blaster of Jack Harkness, who I saw that actor at DragonCon, uh, yeah, with yeah. a banana. <laughs> the Eleventh Doctor would later do that trick again. The Tenth Doctor, played by David Tennant, yes, uh, claimed that he invented the banana daiquiri in the 18th century in France, and he advised that you should always take a banana to a party, which is similar to the pineapple thing we talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a conversation starter, for sure. <laughs> 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 then uh, there's Celery, uh, beginning with the Fifth Doctor. Celery was really popular, uh, too, on the show. Um, and the Fifth Doctor, he always wore a piece of celery in his lapel with the explanation that it would turn purple in the presence of gases he was allergic to. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, why not? Yeah, why not? On top of that, he could eat celery if he was having an allergic reaction. That's handy. And it would cure him. 
The 10th doctor called celery a, quote, decorative vegetable. Uh, and the <laughs> actor who played the 5th doctor, Peter Davidson, hated celery, which made it extra funny when he had to eat it on screen for everyone else anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there are like a number of in-jokes that kind of float through the show, um, especially as the revival hit in the early 2000s and some of the people, like kind of a lot of the people working on it had like grown up fans of the series. Um, uh, for example, in, in a bit of like improv dialogue that was never meant to air, um, the 10th Doctor warns his companion to under no circumstances let him eat pears while yeah. he is in this like kind of incapacitated state wherein he's going to have forgotten himself. Um, and that's based on David Tennant, I think, being aware that the novelization of the same storyline with the seventh doctor involved this this line of the seventh doctor being like being like, oh definitely don't let me eat pears. <laughs> I love that. So yeah. It it never made it to air. You can watch the clip on the internet, but Yeah, I love that. I love the through line of like because they are regenerated as different actors, but there's still like these hints. Mm-hmm. There's differences and similarities that are really fun. Um, yeah. 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 Uh the, another food item we wanted to talk about is Kronk burgers. <laughs> um, so this was an item served in 200,000 on Satellite the 5. Year. The year. Uh-huh. <laughs> With a side of pajatos, pajatos, cheese, and a drink, usually zafik. And again, I love this because a lot of you are probably like, what are you talking about? No need to explain. Um, when Rose <laughs> tried zafik, she compared it to a sort of beef-flavored slush puppy situation. So sounds like you've got your burger and a beef-flavored slush puppy. That's a lot. That's a lot going on, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not good. <laughs> um, soufflés. So Clara Oswald loved making soufflés, which earned her the nickname Souffle Girl from the and This doctor. is one of the companions. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, jammy Dodgers. This is a popular food item from the U.K., uh, which is, it's a biscuit or a cookie in American parlance uh, composed of two pieces of shortbread with raspberry jam in the middle. That could probably be its own episode, but they come up oh, a lot. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this brings us to fish fingers and custard. Okay. Also called fish <laughs> custard. <laughs> this was a combo of fish fingers and custard enjoyed by the 11th doctor, played by Matt Smith, right after he regenerated. Um, he discovered it after Amy Pond, who was then a child, played by Karen Gillian. Not later his companion. Yeah, yeah. Later his companion. Yeah. As a child, not played by Karen Gillian, but later. Um, no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no uh, actual time travel was no. used in the making of this show. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so she she found him and was offering him a bunch of other foods to try to see what he would like. And he didn't like a bunch of them. Like he didn't like apples. He didn't like yogurt, bacon, uh, baked beans, uh, bread and butter. Carrots were a mere threat, which was also a nod to the hatred of carrot juice the Sixth Doctor expressed. Yeah, that was after his companion, uh, Mel, uh, insisted on his drinking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for the 11th Doctor, one of these items, or I guess two of them, hit the spot. The combination. <laughs> uh, when he dipped the frozen fish fingers into the custard. And Amy was very, very amused by this. And this caused the Doctor to call her brave. Um and then, yeah, 14 years later, when Amy reunited with the doctor, he commented on how long it had been since he had had fish fingers and custard. And it was sort of a treasured memory between the two of them. And Amy went on to use it as sort of a truth testing thing and also to bolster the doctor's hope. Um, at Aww, one point, Amy yeah. and her. Yeah, it's really sweet, actually. <laughs> um Yeah, at one point, Amy and her boyfriend Rory ate fish custard with the doctor as adults, and the doctor claims that if he had a restaurant, that's all that they would serve. Um, He also declared that he was the inventor of Yorkshire pudding, uh, noting the similarities to fish custard, (laughs) saying, Pudding it savory. Sound familiar? 
Uh, and the last meal the 11th Doctor had before regenerating was uh, fish custard. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and Matt Smith, the actor who yeah played the 11th Doctor, once claimed that in the first takes of the scene when they were doing this, uh, when he's first trying the combo, it was actually fish fingers and custard, but eventually they replaced the fish fingers with coconut breaded cakes. And yeah, this is a whole thing. Um, it has become very <laughs> synonymous with Doctor Who uh, and various actors involved in the show have eaten it either in interviews or on social media. It's frequently a question they get asked about fish fingers and custard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just a quick note, fish custard is an actual dish which is a custard that contains or is flavored with fish, which we actually talked about in a couple of episodes, like our Downton Abbey episode. Sure. Uh, kind of our aspic jello situation episodes. Um, <laughs> totally. So it's not the same thing as what we're talking about now, but similar no. terminology. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. They're savory custard. Why not? Why not? And I feel like that is, in general, Doctor Who... That's, it's, you know, people get mad up in arms because it's, he's the doctor, but, uh, you know, whatever. The doctor likes trying foods, whether he needs it or not, because I think he's just very interested curious. and curious and wants yeah. to, like, experience these human things. And fish fingers and custard just being, like, something that he felt, ooh, this is unique, and it. It's just hitting. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much the apex of 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 what the doctor is. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, like what? <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Let's try it. <laughs> oh, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that's a that's a good place to end this one on, although we could yeah. Obviously, there's so much we could dig into. Oh, yeah, but. yeah. Yeah, like like episode to episode, there are any number of food references or not. Um, mm -hmm. And <laughs> uh, it is it is certainly a whole universe out there. It certainly is. Maybe it, it will get a revisit in the future. That'd be fun. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But for now, I guess that's what we have to say about Doctor Who. I guess it is. Um, we do have some listener mail for you, though, and we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from one more quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot. 
The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with listeners. No. <laughs> it's always good when Lauren starts laughing in the middle of it. <laughs> I just gave up. I was like, I saw exactly what you were trying to do, and I just didn't, I wasn't entirely sure how to make those noises with my face. And so I was just like, I'm all let, I'm all let Annie take that one. <laughs> I love it. It always makes me happy when uh, you're just like, I'm going to let Annie fall on this sword. <laughs> But it's also very fair. I can't remember the theme song. I just remember it had a lot of like theremin type sounds. Yeah. Um, um so. it's it's a it's a very, very famously kind of like ahead of its time um electronic uh situation. Um that yeah, we're ostensibly a food a food show. Um oh. but yeah, whole whole other whole other topic. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to look that up. I was trying to remember. Because I keep thinking of the Wellington Paranormal theme song instead, which has a similar, like, I think, theremin oh, space. But, um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was the best I could do. So thanks yeah, for the attempt. I, you, usually this is the part where I, like, sing you a bar of something, but, like, I ain't going to try that right, right now. Like, that's <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> Valerie wrote... My family was an early adopter of induction cooking. We have been using it for 12 years and are loving it. I have some tips. One, when you are shopping for an induction stove, look at the wattage of the burners. We have an induction stove and a separate induction burner that we cooked on when we couldn't use our kitchen. The standalone burner is very slow to heat up food because its wattage is only about 1,800 watts. The burners on our stove vary from 2,800 watts to 3,600 watts, and they are lightning fast. I recommend shopping for about 3,000 watts on each burner. You said that digital thermometers won't work with an induction stove, but actually I do use my digital thermometer to check the temperature of food in the pots that I am cooking on the stove. I'm careful not to touch it to the bottom of the pot and haven't had any problems. Three, the salesperson told us that people sometimes will put a dish towel between a scratchy cast iron pot and the stove to protect the glass top of the stove from being scratched by the pot. This is bad advice. The one time I tried it, it scorched the dish towel and ruined it. Four, (laughs) the food heats up so quickly that I had to adjust some cooking times. For example, before induction, I used to put potato cubes into a pot of cold water, heat to boiling, and boil for 10 minutes. But some of the cooking happens during the heat to boiling stage, and on an induction stove, that part goes by very quickly. So on an induction stove, for the same recipe, I now do put potato cubes into a pot of cold water, heat to boiling, and boil for 12 minutes to account for how much faster the water comes to a boil. Anyway, I love our induction stove. It is more energy efficient, doesn't put gas fumes into the air, and is much safer than a traditional stove. The heat turns on or off instantly. Highly recommended. Ooh. Ooh, I yeah. I love this. I'm like, I'm sold, even though I'm not looking. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> uh Okay, uh, uh, I I have a correction um, to my prior statement about digital thermometers. What I meant was infrared thermometers, Ah. which can get pretty easily thrown off by everything else that's going on. Mm. Or that's what I read. Um, If other people have more direct experience, then please do do write in. Yeah, Um, it has been really nice to see how many people have come out pro-induction cooking. Yeah. Um, Really, really enjoyed it. And these are great tips. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm actually about to go to a friend of mine's uh, house and she has induction cooking. Uh, she has Ooh. a, a stovetop. So I'm like, I'm taking these tips and I'm trying to embody them. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, report back for sure. <laughs> oh, I will. Oh, I will. <laughs> <sighs> awesome. Um, Steve wrote, listening to the Guinness episode in July of 2022, and I had visited the storehouse in Dublin on my trip to Ireland in September of 2014. I heard that Annie visited the storehouse in 2016 or 2017, I believe. I was wondering if she had seen the original 9,000-year land lease that Arthur Guinness had drawn up, which is now displayed in the storehouse. Um, It's no longer valid as the company has been expanded beyond the original four acres. And also uh, visited the gravity bar at the top, the seventh floor, to get a complimentary pint of Guinness. I think I did see the lease. I think I didn't. I think I thought it was like company, which it kind of is. But I, th- I think I thought it was kind of like company legend. Like, look uh-huh. at this lease. Uh-huh. So, and, so it wasn't until we did the episode where I was like, oh, this was a. Oh, oh that was legit. They signed that. That was a thing they signed. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, a you know, it is company legend, but also actually a thing. Um, <laughs> Both. So I think when I, I think I passed by it pretty quick. It is big. It's yeah, it's seven stories at least. Um, and like I said, I really enjoyed the experience. It was great, but it was like a lot. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot in a good way. I did get the, you know, if there's a complimentary pint of Guinness, oh, I would yeah. go get it. Yes, oh, I did. Of course. <laughs> yes, I absolutely did. <laughs> but again, it was a lovely experience. Um, I kind of wish, I think that was a bit early on. I think I was still getting the feel of being a podcaster and you know I'd like to go back I guess is what I'm saying because now I think I would yeah. be, I would pick up on a lot more stuff I'd be like oh that, that'd be cool to talk about um their advertising for is what I remember the most because I was like oh whoa. absolutely <laughs> <laughs> whoa <laughs> yeah I think that that complimentary pint of Guinness though is in a white room it's like all white and there's fog Wow. It, it feels like you're in heaven in the movies or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, I've I've never I've never gotten to, to hang out in Ireland. I would really love to go. I mean, hopefully for more than day. just the Guinness, but yes. you know, like yeah. Oh, there's a lot going on. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hopefully one day we can add it to our ever growing list of places we want to go. Um, which is pretty much everywhere. Uh huh. But uh, in the meantime, thank you to both of these listeners for writing in. Um, and if you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at favorpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at SaverPod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits... LED headlights, whatever you need, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.